Welcome to The Winance Show, a place to help you stop spending, grow wealth, and live more intentionally. We're your hosts, Marie and Stephanie, two sisters on the path to financial independence and personal finance educators. We've both grown multiple six-figure portfolios within just a few years by making simple yet effective changes with our financial habits. But not before overcoming a financially insecure childhood, digging our way out of debt, and unlearning the limiting beliefs around money that we were taught growing up. We show you how to achieve financial independence through our blog, workshops, podcasts, and our weekly YouTube live stream show. Welcome to Winance. Hey everyone, welcome back to Winance Wednesday. This is our weekly financial independence live stream show and podcast where we talk about all the ways that we can transform our lives through our finances. And we do that by learning how to spend our money more intentionally, learning how to grow wealth and invest, and of course, living more fulfilling lives, living more intentionally. We are your hosts and personal finance educators, Stephanie and Marie. We are also two sisters on the path to financial independence. And if you are new to us or to our channel, we'd love it if you would go ahead and click like and subscribe. That'll help new people find our channel and find our content about financial independence and personal finance. Uh, we have a, a bit of a different episode for you today, yeah. <laughs> this week. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know if you guys know, but there's, you know, some stuff going on in the world. <laughs> well, well, little things are happening, you know, a little, yeah. little thing happened yesterday. <laughs> yeah. This going little on. election thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought it would be a good idea to, um, you know, not, not, you know, pretend that the elephant in the room is not happening, not pretend that the, you know, we're not obviously a political show and we don't really talk about po politics, but politics and policy does impact our lives. It does impact our finances. And so, um, you know, we thought it would be a good idea to talk about, well, what are the implications of the election um, on our personal finances, on our investments and things like that. So Stephanie and I are going to do an episode about that tonight. And if you are joining us live, would love for you to join in the conversation. If you have any questions, if you have any thoughts about what's going on and maybe some of those implications, you know, we invite you to join in the chat. Um, we do ask, you know, that we are talking about politics. And of course, this can be a very heated conversation. Um, we just ask that everybody, you know, be respectful of one another. We might have differing point of views, but we do want to kind of keep this sort of an elevated conversation, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the thing that I've noticed a lot that people have been asking, particularly leading up to the election is, you know, should they keep investing? Should they hold on to the money they have now that they had planned to invest? Um, you know, should they wait till after? Should they just keep, you know, steady on the path? And I think that's another important topic to discuss. So that's one of the other things that we're going to discuss this evening is basically what's your path forward as an investor? Um, should you be holding on to your money or should you remain calm and, and steady and, and keep forward on your plan? Here's a hint. Yes. Stay, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> Go with your plan. Uh, you know, but that's the thing. And I, I think it's important to discuss that because sometimes people just need to hear it. You know, they need to hear that it's going to be okay in the long run. Um, you know, granted, none of us have a crystal ball. We can't say exactly what will or won't happen in the future. But I think it's important to discuss these topics to, um, you know, even if the answer seems obvious, you know, still bring it up because that's the thing is sometimes people just need to hear that information. So obviously we have no 
you know, like I said, crystal ball for what is going to happen in the next couple of days or weeks or months or what whatnot. But um, certainly we can talk about what our strategies are going to be. And hopefully, it, you know, it resonates with you and you'll be able to apply some of this information to your own situation. Yep. That's right. And for those of you who have either been with us for a while or who may be new um, to Winance, you know, Stephanie and I, we started doing Winance nights. Of course, they weren't called that back then, but, um, you know, it was about, it was actually four years ago we started yeah. doing these Winance nights. And it was out of a response to the election. You know, we, a lot was going on and, um, you know, Donald Trump had just been inaugurated and we were feeling, you know, just a lot of stress and uncertainty around that as a lot of people were feeling that way. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that we felt like we could control were our finances. And, um, you know, Stephanie and I, for probably about a year or two before that, you know, had really kind of dug into our finances, learned about financial independence, learned about investing. Um, but we wanted to take that information that we learned and we wanted to share it out with our girlfriends um, and teach them how to take control over their finances and hopefully find financial freedom for their for themselves. Um, because you you don't know what the future is going to hold. And even if it, whether the election goes in your favor or doesn't, kind of almost, it matters. It does matter, but there isn't a lot that you control, you can control regardless. And so we felt like the more control we could have over our finances and the more we could help our friends find that same level of control and growth, um, the better we would all be in the long run. And so that's kind of how we got started. And so we thought it was like appropriate to, to touch base on the election tonight. Right. You know, and, and I always call myself a, you know, self-declared control freak. And, <laughs> you know, after the 2016 election, I really felt not in control. You know, I did what I could as a citizen and I voted and, you know, I, I sometimes it comes as your favor and sometimes it doesn't. And beyond that, there isn't a lot that you can do that's going to directly impact you. Like certainly voting is absolutely the way to impact change. There's other ways as well, but um, voting is literally the easiest way that you can try to do that. And even when you vote and it doesn't go into your favor, you think, okay, well, what's next? And yeah. that's how I felt in 2016. I was like, okay, what's next for me? Cause I, I can't control what the government does and doesn't do. Um, you know, but I can control what I do and I can control how I react to things. And so that was the time I really decided to be proactive with my finances. Yeah. Um, that was the time I decided, okay, no more just floating along and, you know, saving a little bit here and there enough to like have vacations and pay my bills. But I wanted to know that I had a sense of security um, that was my own and not reliant on an employer or, you know, some other entity that I had no control over. I can control my own actions. I can control how much I spend. I can control how much I save, you know, and, nobody can take that away from me and even how much I earn. Um, you know, no one can take that away from me. It's, it's my decision on what I want to do for that. And so um, that's another thing that we really wanted to discuss with everyone tonight. You know, get hang on to what is within your control. You know, certainly, um, you know, we don't know really what's going to happen with this year's election. You know, things are looking one way, but as we've seen, it can flip at any moment, you know. So we're still kind of in that gray area right now and just waiting to get the final results in. But in the meantime, you know, instead of spiraling down that that hole of like the what ifs, 
spiral down the what can I do hole? You know, what are my options? And and focus on what is within your control. And that will really start to bring things back to you and ground you. And that was so important for me in 2016. And look where it's led me since then. Yeah. So, you know, despite, you know, you kind of have this mental back and forth of like, oh no. And it's like, I'm okay. No, you're not. You know, <laughs> you have this back and forth going on. But that's the thing is that you still just try to try to ground yourself, try to come back to reality, try to focus on really what you can control and then just, you know, hope for the best for the rest. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so we found Steph and I were talking about like, you know, this week's episode and sort of, you know, how do we prepare? How do we talk about you know, this election, you know, we were preparing for this days in, before the election. Um, and obviously, we didn't know what the outcome was going to be. But we knew that there were a few things that we could share with you all, our audience, in terms of how to stay sort of focused on your goals and how to stay calm and steady during, you know, times of uncertainty. And it can be uncertainty because you don't know who the president is going to be. And we might not know for a little while. It could be times of uncertainty because, you know, you're in the middle of the pandemic, um, you know, these, these, these crazy chaotic times are going to continue arising throughout our lives, you know, for the rest of our lives. And so it's how we handle these times, especially when it comes to our finances, that makes um, that, that really makes a difference. And so one of the things that um, Stephanie and I found um, that wor has worked really well for us is being consistent and having a plan and sticking to your plan. Um, those things are very key and very fundamental to your financial success, your success in achieving your goals. Um, you know, if you've listened to us at all, if you joined our finance workshop um, on 401ks, you hear us talk or just you've heard us talking about investing in general, consistency is probably one of, it's probably like the biggest key to success mm -hmm. with investing and with your financial goals. It's also the, probably the biggest key to success with any of your goals, you know, whatever you're trying to achieve in your life. Um, and so, you know, no matter what the markets do today, what they do, what they do tomorrow, what they do, you know, um, the rest of this week or the next month and so on, stay consistent. If you're, if what you've been doing with your finances is, you know, you're contributing to your 401k every pay period and you throw in your, you know, $250 into your IRA every two weeks or whatever, continue doing that. Um, you know, so long as your basic expenses and everything have been consistent, your income has been consistent as well, then stay consistent with your finances, stay consistent with your financial plan. Um, you might readjust your goals based off of you know what, what's going on, you know, especially a lot of people, obviously, you know, the, the election, it looks like it's going to be in Biden's favor, but for a lot of people, they, you know, they were concerned that, you know, Trump might get reelected and, you know, we're looking, okay, how do I leave the country? <laughs> you know, and that's that, if that's what people, if that's, what feels right for them, that's okay. It's okay to readjust your plan as long as you are working with a plan. Right. You know, and I think that's the key is to be proactive and not reactive. And that really kind of spins off of what you're talking about. You know, there's so many people that might see how either the markets react or how the election goes and just say, well, that's it. I'm leaving the country, you know? <laughs> and that's, again, that's fine, but let that be your plan, not just a, a response. You know, yeah. think it through, think about the long run. What does that really mean for you or you and your family, especially if it's beyond just you, if you have a spouse or children or whatnot, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta think about this long term. So I think that's the key is that you have this plan and hopefully you've developed this plan over 
over the past months or years, however long it's been, um, or maybe in the, you're in the process of developing it now, you know, certainly you want to take current events into account, but also take into account how much they really will directly impact you. You know, be realistic about it. Um, you know, be realistic about what your income situation is. You know, will anything impact your ability to earn an income? Will anything impact your ability to pay your bills? Um, will anything impact your ability to save the amount of money that you want to save? Mm -hmm. So those are the things you really want to focus on. Again, those are the things that are within your control. And if you feel like anything is not, then, you know, anything of those items are not within your control, then determine how to develop a strategy to make them within your control. If you're uncertain about your, your income, then what can you do to make it more secure for you and stabilize it for yourself? You know, maybe that means a discussion with your boss so that you know, okay, yeah, my position's good or okay. Maybe that means pulling in additional um, sources of income, you know, whether you that means selling things on Craigslist or eBay or wherever. Maybe that means starting a side hustle of some sort, you know, doing Uber deliveries or whatever it might be. There's so many options out there now. I think that's one of the benefits of our current society and, and the world we're living in right now is that there's so many different ways to um, build a, other streams of income. And that's kind of our, our next topic. We're, we're flying through in the night. Um, <laughs> is broadening your income streams. You know, so yeah. that's something that I've struggled with a little bit because I've always had a single source of income. You know, basically, I worked multiple jobs before when we were like in college, and you had the energy and time to do that. <laughs> yeah. But I think about that now, and I'm like, oh my god, trying to work like a full time job and a part time job and doing all this. Like sometimes you just don't have the energy or the time, especially if you have a family and kids that you have to take care of and whatnot. Um, it's hard to figure out, even with finance, you know, it's it's still a lot of work for us to to put up this lovely show and, and everything and all of our content for you each week. But, you know, it's a passion. I do it because I love it. And mm -hmm. yes, hopefully we do. This becomes more uh, of an income stream for us. But that's the thing I think about, too, is our employers, our companies that we all work for they all have multiple streams of income. Yes. You know, you don't have a single customer coming into Starbucks every day, just buying 10,000 cups of coffee. No, you have multiple streams of income. They sell merchandise, they sell coffee, they sell, you know, whatever else they do. They have partnerships, they have affiliates, you know, yeah. like all our, our companies, you have multiple customers, multiple programs, multiple projects. There's not a single source of income. So why as people who are working, trying to make income and trying to earn money, um, having a single source of income, it doesn't make sense to do that. Because the thing is, if one customer decides to not renew a contract with you, you know, in your business, or, you know, you lose a customer because of something other else that happens, then that shouldn't be the end of your company. You know, that's yeah. a poor business model. But if you say, well, yeah, that impacted us a little bit to lose this client or whatnot, but we'll recover because we also have X, Y, and Z all, you know, over here in our other pocket or in, on the other side, then that's a far better business model. So we should all think about it like that. We all are our own businesses. Even if you aren't yes. running, technically running a business, you as a person are a business and you need to think about your finances in that way that, you know, if I lose my job, I'm going to be okay because I have my emergency fund as an emergency source of income. I have this other, you know, side gig going on that's bringing in income. I have investments, you know, that are bringing in yeah. income. You know, you that you need to determine how you can reasonably create other sources of income and then create your plan for that and go for it. And I think that's really one of the best ways to 
you know, create security in these insecure times, because I really feel like that's where a lot of the comments and things that I've been seeing lately are coming from. It's just this sense of insecurity. We don't know what the future holds for us. And people are afraid to make a leap or a change, even if it's mm -hmm. not a leap, just a change. And people are afraid to make that change. And I fully can understand that as somebody who loves stability and security and whatnot, I can definitely understand how change can be scary. Um, but again, when you create this, this broad plan that gives you so many avenues of success rather than failure, it makes it feel so much more secure. Yeah, I totally agree. And, um, you know, I'm somebody who has multiple streams of income. Obviously, you and I both invest, Stephanie. So those are, that's one side um, stream of income. And we always talk about how investing is the, pretty much the only form, the only true form of passive um, income, you know, because it's truly you set up your money, you can automate it, and then your money does the work for you. You are literally making money while you sleep and making money while you're working and doing other things when you're investing. But outside of that, you know, you can sell clothes on Poshmark or, you know, sell stuff that you have in your house on eBay, you know, just things like that to find um, it doesn't have to be like a second job or even a full side hustle. You know, it can just be little things like that that you can pick up here and there when you want to generate a little bit of extra income and then making sure that, like Stephanie said, that you have a plan for that income, that you're putting it towards something um, that helps you achieve your financial goals. Um, you touched on something that I think brings us to our next point is um, your emergency fund. You know, this year, 2020, and especially has demonstrated the importance and the necessity of an emergency fund. Everybody right. needs it. I don't care if you make a million dollars a year, you need an emergency fund because you don't know yeah. if something could, if something comes happens and you are suddenly parting ways with your income unexpectedly, you need to have a backup plan. Um, and I've talked about this before that for me, an emergency fund is obviously there's, I have a set amount of money that I want to have that I can fund, you know, X for me, it's six months of living expenses. But for me, it's the peace of mind of knowing that if I were to lose my job or if something happened and I couldn't work any longer, or I couldn't work for a temporary amount of time that I've got six months of living expenses in the bank. And I know that I am free from the stress and worry of how I'm going to provide for myself and my family um, during those six months so that I can get, I can land on my two feet and I can pick something or hopefully find something that I really want to do and not have to feel forced into it. And so, right. you know, during these times of uncertainty, that is something that I feel I feel so good about and confident about is the fact that I have a fully funded emergency fund. Um, and in fact, I'm considering, you know, increasing it even more, you know, I'm like, all right, let's, how can I level this up even more? <laughs> right. And that's actually exactly what I did um, back in March when, when the pandemic hit the United States and everybody was quarantined. Um, you know, that's the first thing I did was I looked at my emergency fund. I recalculated my, like my absolute baseline budget. Like what are all the things we could cut out if, you know, push came to shove and what were the, the absolute necessary expenses that we would need to pay every month. And I said, okay, we're, we're at the six month mark. So that's good. You know, if, if really stuff hit the fan, then, you know, we, we would be good for six months, you know, on the bare bones. But I also still was like, okay, things are, this is the most uncertain I've ever felt about things, yeah. you know, in the world. Cause it wasn't like it was just, 
me, I, you know, my company had layoffs or whatever. No, this is across the world. So, you know, who knew how long everything was going to go on for. So I really started thinking about it too. And I, I started increasing my emergency fund. So I don't know if I'm going to quite go up to, you know, a year's worth of expenses. Cause I feel like that's also, there's this big debate about like, you know, having a large emergency fund and whether that's really useful to your yeah. financial goals or not, you know, and investing that money instead of, of saving it or whatnot beyond that three to six month mark. But again, like as a person who loves security, sometimes to me like that, as much as I love to optimize, I also love security more. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I am slowly increasing my emergency fund, my cash on hand emergency fund, but not so much that I feel like I'm losing out on the benefit of investing in the market. So, you know, yeah. I'm basically adding a few hundred dollars to it each month. And, you know, over the course of however many more months or years, you know, it will hopefully get up to that, you know, maybe your mark, we'll, I'll see. But, um, you know, I, I still want to increase it a little bit each month mm -hmm. just because it get again, it gives me that sense of peace and security. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I love that feeling. <laughs> I think that's a really good point. It gives you a sense of peace. And that's ultimately what your emergency fund should do. That's really what your financial goals should do for you too. You know, whether it is, you know, increasing your emergency fund or for those of us in the financial independence community, there's something known as FU money, um, <laughs> which is having, a, it's a, a number that's obviously specific to every single person, um, but it's having enough money where if you wanted to leave your job or if you wanted to take a temporary, you know, hiatus, or if you wanted to, you know, just if you wanted to make some kind of lifestyle shift, you're not fully financially independent yet, or you don't have to work any longer, but you've got you know, a little bit of a nest egg, you know, and so that's like the the next level up from an emergency fund. Um, I think something else that you kind of touched on is, um, you know, that you continue to make um, your co planned contributions to your investments. And I've done the same thing. And during times like this, that is, we talked about consistency at the top of the show um, and how important that is. And even if the market's could tank tomorrow. We have no idea how they're going to react to the election tomorrow. They could tank or they could go up. They could increase. You know, today was actually a good day for the markets. Um, you know, the markets reacted well for, you know, when Biden started getting some of these swing states, it started reacting really well. Um, you know, Uber um, was one of the companies that had an, actually just the gig economy in general. It was on the, um, what was it, Prop 22 on the ballot in California. And um, while my personal take on it was that, you know, the voters voted not in the interest of gig workers. And I personally am supportive of those gig workers. It was, if you are an investor in Uber, if you're an investor in these gig economy, if you're an investor in the tech sector, then your investments did very well today. So continuing staying with those plan contributions, you don't know if the market is going to react negatively tomorrow, um, but you still need to stay the course. Um, and that is one of the biggest things. I mean, talked about this at the top of the hour, but that really is, I think, the biggest contributing factor to our success as investors is staying the course, continuing to buy low. <laughs> don't don't sell low and buy yeah. high. You want to buy low and sell high. And so the first part of that is buying low. And so if the market is down, you still continue to buy. Right. And I know, like I said, where I, I would see a lot of people asking if they should, like they planned to invest. So they already had a chunk of money that they were going to invest, but they weren't sure if they should wait until before after the election or after yeah. the dust settles, even after the election. Um, and I, I also understand that where if you have available cash on hand that you really aren't sure about, 
and you do want to wait till the dust settles, then that's totally fine as well. If you want to hold on to that money for a little bit longer and kind of see how things play out, then that's fine. But also understand your risks. And that could also mean that the markets could skyrocket once a decision is finally made in either direction, the markets could skyrocket. And now you've missed, you know, this quote low period, even though it's really not that low, it's still, you know, record highs compared to even a year ago. So, you know, even though the markets have been unstable over the past, you know, couple of weeks, it's still pretty high. Um, So that's the thing is that you, you do have a risk of, of holding onto that money and missing a lower period than if you had just invested now. But again, you need to go with what you feel comfortable with. And if having that money in your pocket today gives you a better sense of security, then hold on to it and wait until after January to to see how things go or after February or however long you want to wait. Um, you know, or if you just want to, again, stay consistent and say, I believe in my plan. I believe in what, you know, how the markets are going to behave in the long run. I'm a long-term investor. I know things will eventually even out and will rise. Then, you know, go for it, stick with it. And that's actually what Marie and I are doing. You know, we're contributing to our 401ks and our IRAs. We're, you know, sticking with our investment plans that we had before yesterday and you know that we've had for all year you know unless something you know catastrophic happens to our our income streams i absolutely plan to continue to invest just as we always have so you know again we don't know what the future brings but again whatever your plan is just try to be consistent with it yeah yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, something else that I think is really important that probably doesn't get talked about enough in the personal finance space um, is taking care of your mental health, especially during these uncertain times, especially during chaotic times. Um, you know, that has been, I think, one of the biggest lessons that hopefully a lot of us have learned coming out of 2020, um, just of everything that's been going on this year. Our mental health is of peak importance of the most utmost importance. And so obviously that is very personal to every person, you know, how you do self-care, how you take care of your mental health, how you disconnect is obviously different from some people than others. Um, You know, I'm somebody who my body has to tell me that I'm stressed out. Like my body has to like physically start shutting itself (laughs) down um, because mentally I'll just keep going, going, going. Um, And I just, you know, I kind of get into this like survivalist mentality, like I can do it all. (laughs) Um, My body's just like, Marie, no, slow down. You can't do it all. Um, and And I'm trying to be more conscientious of that before I get to that point, because I notice that for me, it takes me a long time to really recover from that. I need a Mm -hmm. lot of rest, um, a lot of like decompression in order to kind of recover back from that. And then I I tend to go back into my same old patterns. And so what I'm trying to do in 2020 is just be one more conscientious of, you know, when my shoulders start, that's like always a key sign for me, Um, you know, to kind of, okay, you need to get up and and stretch and relax and walk away from your computer, walk away from the screens. Um, I'm a very online person. I'm put down the social media, put down the social media, especially with the the election. I mean, and I, you know, everybody's doom scrolling is like a thing that everybody, (laughs) I know. Names for everything now. Seriously. There are names for everything now. And I definitely am guilty of the doom scrolling and trying, you know, it's just looking for that next stimulus hit for my mind. And so like meditating is something that I started doing earlier this year. And I haven't been consistent with lately. And I've been thinking I need to get back into that routine of, you know, just doing like 15 minutes of meditation in the morning, because it really does help me 
like set myself up for the day and feel just more relaxed throughout the rest of the day. It helps me be more present and more focused. Um, and then that helps me in turn stay a calm, confident investor. It helps me focus on my goals, both my financial goals, my life goals, instead of reacting to what I'm seeing on social media all day and trying to like, you know, create new plans based off of something that I just saw five seconds ago. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I mean, we've talked about this before, but my stress likes to manifest physically. And, you know, anyone who's known me for years knows like when I was planning my wedding, I was so stressed that literally my hair started falling out. Like the whole (laughs) back of my head was bald and I had to wear my hair down. I wanted to do a nice updo for my wedding and I couldn't because like the whole back half of my head was literally bald. Um, And it took a while for my hair to grow back and like my body to just recover to its normal stress levels and everything. And that actually started happening recently last year as well. I started losing my hair again because I was just so stressed at work and, you know, just life and whatever. And I didn't even think I felt it. Like, it's so weird how stress works where it's, it creeps up on you so slowly that the feeling of it becomes your new normal. And until you are brought out of it or made aware of it, you really don't realize how stressed you are. And at that time, last year, when I started losing my hair again, I did not realize how stressed I was until um, I work out regularly. Like I work out almost every single day and I had missed two workouts in a row. And um, I was in the middle, I finally like worked out again and I was in the middle of stretching and I just felt my body being like, oh, like, you know, like that calm Mm, that comes over. And I was like, oh my God, this feeling I've had for the past couple of days has been stress. And the thing was that the workouts were helping, you know, they, they helped me immensely, you know, decompress and literally stretch my body, stretch my mind. Like it just helps me calm myself. And when I wasn't doing it, I could really feel how stressed I was. And that's when it finally hit me like, oh, and that's why I'm losing my hair. And that's why yeah. I feel the way I do. And so, you know, a lot of times, depending on what the stressors are, it's hard to get rid of. So obviously, in the case of current, where if you're stressed about the election and the economy and, you know, the pandemic, these aren't things that you can just get rid of, unfortunately, you know, you right. can't remove them from your life. They are part of our lives, you know, if you're part of this society, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. But you can do things to care for yourself. You know, I, I hate, I almost hate the term self care now because it's so overused in like a way where it's like go shopping for yourself, have a latte, and I'm like, that's, I mean, fine if that's what calms you. But yeah. I think the important thing is you have to find self care internally because yes. you really will not be able to yeah. remove that that mental block and that emotional block that you get when you start to reach certain stress levels and unless you deal with it internally. So yes, having a nice glass of wine on a, you know, a lovely fall evening uh, on your deck with a fire pit or something sounds lovely. That is self-care. That is (laughs) self-care. But again, if it's like you're doing that while you're scrolling on Facebook and looking at all the election tweets and whatever, then no, that's not self-care. Like it's a nice setting, but you're not really taking care of yourself. And so something that I've actually found that I really like is float therapy. And um, 
so I started doing it last year after our mom passed away and mm -hmm. my husband had suggested it to me. One of his coworkers had actually done it after his brother passed away, I believe. And it just kind of helps you literally mentally decompress. Like mm -hmm. you sit in this room and it's a big tub, like essentially like a giant, like single person tub. And it's um, the water is like filled with Epsom salt. So you float, mm -hmm. you're really buoyant. Um, the water temperature is almost at body temperature, like a little bit warmer than body temperature. So you really are like, you just feel like you're floating in the air. The air is warm. The lights are off. There's no sound. It's they some they, they call it like a sensory deprivation tank or chamber as well. And so literally, all it is is like you and your breath and like your thoughts. Like you can hear yourself breathe, and that's it. But after you know 20, 30 minutes, you really do start to just let loose. Like you you kind of go into your own mental world. You start thinking through things. But it, it's it's very relaxing and it's amazing how when you come out of it, you you feel like you had a massage, but yeah. you actually didn't. It was just you in there, you know, <laughs> but your muscles are so relaxed. Your mind is so relaxed that you're like, you know what, it's just going to be OK. And so I, we've started doing that. Um, I actually have another appointment this weekend for it. And I'm so looking forward to it. I feel like after this past week, we all could use some, yeah. some legitimate yeah. self-care and mental decompression. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm yeah. looking forward to doing that again. You reminded me because you had gotten me the float therapy uh, actually for, for me and Jeff for I think Christmas last year, you had gotten us the yeah. float therapy and, and I did it and it was very relaxing. It was everything you said. The only thing for me was that it the water was too cold for me um, because it's like, it's supposed to be like around body temperature. Right. Um, and I, I'm chronically cold. <laughs> I take <laughs> like, like I need a crazy hot, hot tub. <laughs> I, I truly, truly, I mean, when I take a bath, like I pour in boiling water into the bathtub, like I put it all the way on hot and then I add, I know oh I God. sound like a lunatic. I know. The flesh is like just searing. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't recommend it for other people. <laughs> But the float, so the float therapy, it was hard for me to fully relax because I was so focused on how cold I was. But because where the place that Jeff and I went to, it was only one tank at a time. So Jeff went first and I ended up doing a guided meditation at the spa. They, they do like a guided meditation. And for me, that was like, that was as relaxing as a massage. It was like almost an hour long and I really didn't, it was the first time I had ever done meditation and um, the woman who did it, she was in the room, like, you know, basically like, you know, it was like storytelling almost. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was not going to be able to focus. I, or, I, you know, not focus rather like, you know, I didn't know. I thought I was going to be like, oh, I got to do this. I got to thinking about my to-do list. And I ended up um, like, I was very focused on the story. I was envisioning everything she was talking about. It was so relaxing for me. I was like, I need to do this again. And, um, you know, I've talked about a, a few minutes ago about, you know, doing my own meditation in the mornings, but having that guided meditation, you know, where somebody, where you're like in a, a room, a massage room, basically on a massage mm -hmm. table, and somebody is like walking you through the story for me and mentally, it was very cathartic. And it was, it was exactly like the relaxation that I needed. So, you know, I think with both of our examples, find something that works for you and try yeah. something that you haven't tried before either, you know, um, cause you had not tried the floating therapy before and you yeah. love it. You yeah, know? I do. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was so skeptical of it in the beginning. I was like, mm, okay. And even <laughs> when like you first get in it, you kind mm -hmm. of are like laying there like, okay, well, what do I do now? 
Yeah. But after like a little while, you just kind of like slowly, slow your breathing, start just thinking like, and try to clear your mind. And so definitely to anyone who wants to try it, you know, give it past the first 10 minutes, but just Believe in the process. Trust the Believe process. Believe in the trust the process. <laughs> um, and I think that kind of takes us to um, the last point we wanted to bring up tonight was like, you know, with the election, we don't know. The, there just is so much uncertainty. And so um, find the good in your life. Find something good to focus on, especially whether it can be tied to your financial goals, but it doesn't necessarily have to be tied to your financial goals. Just if there is something in your life that you... Um, wanted to try or, you know, you've been wanting to do, whether it's a hobby or whatever the case is, maybe it's a new recipe, whatever it is, find something good to focus on. Um, there's going to be a lot of chaos the next couple of days and weeks. Just That's just going to be a fact. I mean, right. we just, let's, you know, let, I'm not going to beat around the bush and pretend that like we're living in normal times. We're not. And, you know, as the results tend look worse and worse for Trump, it's just going to become more and more chaotic and you're going to, everybody's going to be on social media saying all kinds of crazy stuff. And so it, this is really like fine, find the good in your life. So at the top of the hour, Steph and I talked about how we started doing wine ants nights with our girlfriends um, as a reaction to the 2016 election, you know, wanting to help our friends find financial freedom so that they could have control over their finances. Well, something else that I did was I actually started learning calligraphy at that time. And so a lot of you guys know that I have a calligraphy side business that I've developed over the past few years, but that was really when I first started doing calligraphy. And it was, I remember coming home from like the women's March and being on social media. And my husband was like, you have to get off of social media and you have to stop, you know, and he was right. I was too in the rabbit hole of like the craziness. And, um, and I needed to find like a creative outlet. I needed to channel this mental energy into something else. And so for me, you know, I found calligraphy. I had tried it out like you know off and on throughout the years but i really wanted to like make a conscious effort to learn it and it it brings me so much like peace and joy and happiness like it's something that i do after work to like relieve stress even when i'm working on client projects i do find that it's still a stress relieving hobby for me um and i love doing it and so that is the good in my life that i i look forward to and i i I would say whatever that good thing is, make sure that it's something that always feels good when you do it. You don't want to do it. And then even if you find a way to make money off of it, you still need to, you know, find a way that it feels good and doesn't feel like more work. Right. You want it to become an obligation for you where yes, you feel exactly. like you just have to do it. But definitely. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that story. I mean, really, like you said, like after the 2016 election, we needed something. And I'm so glad, obviously, that finance is what came out of it. You know, that that was the greatness for us of the 2016 yeah. election was that we found a path to our financial independence. We figured out, you know, what we want to do and then how we can bring this to the people around us and to our community. And, you know, I, I'm so looking forward to how this continues in the future for us because it's just grown exponentially. Like even after the pandemic hit, I feel like that's when Winance really took off, which is so yeah. ironic because yeah. in the midst of like the world shutting down, we were, you know, coming we up. We had more time, you know, we, we really were at did. home yeah. and had a little bit more time to devote towards it. 
I know. Yeah. I, I just posted something the other day and I'm like, for someone who can't go anywhere, I have a lot going on right now. <laughs> I know. I feel the same way too. I miss being out in the world with other people. We've talked about this. Like I'm an extrovert and I, I, it's not enough to just do like these zoom things. Like I need to be like with people and feel the energy. And that's been hard for me, but having other things to focus my time and energy on is definitely one of the ways I've been able to cope this year. Um, so even when I get kind of squirrely, I've got like, you know, something to channel myself into. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I hope this was a helpful conversation for everyone. Um, you know, as the results of the election continue to unfold, I don't even know there could be some updates that have happened in the last 40 minutes that we don't know about. But, um, you know, just try to focus on your financial goals, your your life goals, lean into those Focus on what makes you feel good. Take care of your mental health. Stay consistent. You know, all these things that we talked about tonight. Consider increasing your emergency fund. Um, consider, you know, stay the course with your financial goals and, and with investing. Um, because we just don't know what the outcome is going to bring. We don't, you know, I mean, I'm going to say something a little controversial, but I don't even know. Like, we don't know if Trump is going to retaliate. And will the markets react to that retaliation? We don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying like we have to sort of expect the unexpected um, and focus on those things that you can control. And so I hope this conversation was helpful for those of you watching tonight and that you learned something good. Or if you're listening to the uh, podcast version that, um, you know, that you learned something good and helpful and beneficial to you. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. And thank you everyone for you know tuning in tonight. I know everyone, if you're anything like us, you stayed up late last <laughs> night and you're probably exhausted and are probably exhausted from hearing about election stuff. So hopefully this didn't, you know, spend too much on it yeah. <laughs> either. Yeah, I think this was a positive conversation yes. about the election, I think. You know, think obviously so. we have a point of view, you know, we're not gonna pretend that we don't, but I think this was like a more uplifting conversation as opposed to a lot of the other stuff you might yes. be seeing in the news and on Facebook and whatnot. So yeah. <laughs> well, we want everyone to take care of themselves. You yes. know, again, focus on you, focus on your family, all the good in your life and, you know, things will work out. Yep. Um, so just a quick reminder before we log off tonight is that um, go ahead and click the like and subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube so that you can get notified when we go live again. Um, we are also, uh, we come in podcast form. So if you like the audio version better, you can um, subscribe to the Winance podcast. We are on um, Spotify and Apple. And um, uh, yeah, you can find us at our on our website at winancefi.com. And if, of course, if you have any questions, you know, whether about the election or just, you know, kind of how to stay calm during these times, you know, reach out to Stephanie and I, you can find us on all the social media channels on our website. Um, and we'd be more than happy to help and because we want to make sure that everybody is able to find financial freedom and find something good in life that feels good to you that you can focus on. Um, that's really why we're doing all of this. You know, why we even save for financial goals is to have something good in life and live live our lives to the fullest, live in more intentional lives, like we say at the top of the show. So thank you all so much for joining and we will see you guys next week for Winance Wednesday. All right. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye.